Hello and welcome to episode six. 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 Mad, isn't it? Crazy. Of I'm Fine, a chat between myself, Damo, and good friend and believer that fish aren't wet, Mark. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. It just popped up in my head the other day. Yeah. That you've mentioned that. Yeah. Maybe we'll come to it in a second because it sounds a bit random. It's a chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, sport, conspiracy, and anything else that we fancy. We're all work in progress, and this podcast is no exception. In short, it's a poke at our perfectly imperfect lives, and if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness, our work here is done. You're okay? I'm good. I'm great. How uh, are you? I'm all right. I slept well. Okay. Last night. I think probably the, the best I have in maybe six months. Sleep's a big thing, isn't it? Mm. I think your workout with me this week really... <laughs> really helped because we actually used weights rather than just talk <laughs> yeah we actually, we actually did some work no yeah. but i think um yeah because it normally kind of kicks in two days later yeah actually just as you said that yeah just let me um this week i think i go in um i think a lot of pts go in cycles one of the things that pts won't tell you is that we all write programs for clients and we know what we're going to do. And you took a photograph of my chalk written. I did. I, haven't, yeah. I, put that, I should put that up. Yeah. So, so it isn't just a random thing. And obviously it's personalised. However, there is a certain element of this week is all about mm-hmm. X, Y and Z. Mm. And last week was all about chatting with a lot of clients. And this week was just going back to heavy weights okay. and saying, we've talked, we've reset. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go with heavy weights. And I was, I was just going to, to, to read, I'm literally just finding this on my... Um, Do we need to fill in? Do you need some music? No. <laughs> yeah. Heist 2. This will be good for you. Go on then. You might have to Okay, do. let me listen. Yeah, <laughs> go on. That's a bit more you, isn't it? It's a bit more techno. <laughs> <laughs> Have you found it? Or I've got to play it again? <laughs> no, I found it. Um, people can remain anonymous. Our WhatsApp group for this one is called The Terrific Threesome, which I guess you don't necessarily want to have on your phone. Um, <laughs> so, is anybody else's body in pain today? Is it just me? So I replied, I'm fine, which is humorous because obviously yes. I've been working out. My legs are a bit sore, but anticipating them to us tomorrow. Hate the day delay. Exactly the same mm-hmm. thing that you point. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I'm trying to walk down the stairs. I can walk up, but I can't walk <laughs> down. down. I'm anticipating tomorrow to be worse, so enjoy it while you can. And I assume they did the same thing as me, the weighted yes, squats. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and then the second person got, oh, my God, the muscles, and the muscles in my bums, like right above the thighs. <laughs> my bustles. <laughs> my bustles, yeah. <laughs> and so the first ones from the first person were at 2 in the afternoon. This one is at 8.30. This mm. is getting worse. I can barely move. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> and it's like... It's PT heaven um, yeah, it's, it, to get these it, feedback. But that, yeah, there's there's a there's a fatigue of the of the evening after I've done it. Yeah. And then the next day, it's just uh, like an all encompassing. Just your body just feels, you know. Yeah, and it's I think it's it. legs especially. I think big muscles you can really hit them and mm. you know give them a, a good working too. But I think there's that bit around, and this is for. Gareth and anybody else out there who's doing stuff with PTs. He's getting a big mention. He is, yeah. (laughs) Um, There isn't a necessity to feel bad or achy or sore the day after. It isn't a reflection of the work you've done. Mm. So there's something called uh, DOMS, which is delayed onset muscle soreness. 
some people get DOMS, some people could be lifting for an hour massive weights and not get them. So this bit about no pain, no gain is absolute bollocks. If a PT works you, sometimes I will know that the workout, you're going to suffer. Sometimes yeah. it won't, but it shouldn't be a measure of how hard you've worked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think some people think it is, as if I'm not aching the following day, did I work out? Yeah. Definitely not. So. Um, we might kind of tie these in because we're going to be looking at uh, emotions in work-life ballet um, as well as hydration and drop and give me 20. But I was going to, when we kind of, we talked about it in episode one about why we're calling it I'm fine, about being asked how you are mm-hmm. and how you respond. Um, when we kind of say we're good or not, yeah. I think you kind of made a, a point yeah. this week about what does that actually look like? Don't you need to know what good looks like in order yeah. to say whether you're good or not, I guess. I think one of the things, and this has been refined, because I spoke to someone yesterday afternoon on this subject, and we were having a discussion on how I felt, and what I said to this person was that quite often the response will be determined by the timing of the question. To give you an example, Mm. if you had asked me how I was this morning at eight o'clock and how I am now mm-hmm. or if you'd asked me how my week had gone my response would have been determined how I was at that moment yeah, in cool. time if you asked me now my reflections on how I think my week has been would be more positive than they were at eight o'clock and nothing has intrinsically changed except my perception of that week has changed because of my current mood Okay. So the point I was saying, and I'm doing this with a couple of clients at the moment, is unless you know what the measure of a good week is, Mm -hmm. you're always going to struggle. So for people that have less confidence, a prime example, and I think this is a great example, a client was discussing with me, I haven't seen the client for about three or four weeks. She's had a couple of injuries that have kept her away, a couple of things around COVID and stuff. So we've had a little break. And when she trained with me, she sort of said, sort of need this as a bit of a reset. I realize certain things, you know, I need a bit of motivation, need a bit of guidance, which is fine. This happens all the time. So we had the discussion and she said, the only exercise I'm getting is walking the dog. And I do between five and 10 kilometers a day. Right. So if she'd come into the session and I'd say, tell me about your week. And she'd gone... It's brilliant because I've, walk, I've walked over 50 kilometers this week. I'd go, shit, fair play. Yeah. But in the position she was, in terms of the things that she saw as negative or needed fixing, that achievement was minimized. Yeah. Whereas if she'd been in an upbeat position and maybe before she'd come and seen me, she'd done a small workout at home and come and gone, could have been better, but I've worked 50K and I did some. Do you know what I mean? So it was the way you sort of sell it, that was a real positive. Mm -hmm. But when we discussed it, it was almost, well, it was because I had to take the dog out. It wasn't because I was motivated to do 50 kilometers in the week. And somehow for that person, that minimized the effect of the 50 kilometer walk. And it shouldn't, because your body doesn't care what your head's thinking. It's still 50K, Mm. whether you're doing it because you have to, or because you're doing it because you want to. So I think that's a real key thing. It's like, so one of the things I've done on a few clients at the moment is we're having 
something. It's either 54321 or for this particular client, 321. And 321 is three lots of one activity, which was a hit workout at home, mm-hmm. two runs, and I think the one session with me, can't remember, something like that. So when I meet that client, have you done 321? Yes, therefore it's been a good week. Mm-hmm. But she could have done all those, but if she hadn't been in a good place when I saw her, she might have gone, oh, it was all right. But now we have a measure of what a good week is. Mm-hmm. So going back to my running, what I do is I text my running partner with five targets for each race. And they're generally not to get injured in the warm up, mm-hmm. not to fall over in the race. They're not always these, but <laughs> if I'm in particularly poorly mood. The third one would generally be a time, a sort of, I'd be happy if I get this time. Mm-hmm. The second one will be, in my heart of hearts, this is the time that would really make me happy. The first one's a bit of a... And the fifth one would be, this would be above all expectations. Mm-hmm. And quite often I'll hit the fourth one, which is, this would be a good time, and I'll be disappointed. And she'll hold the phone up and go... Before the race, 13.3 was a good time. And now you've come, done 13.3, and you're going, could have run faster. So I think that bit of actually deciding what good looks like means you can measure it. Yeah. So that's just maybe something. Setting the bar. Yeah. Your own bar. And so maybe just with people's lists, just almost, you know, putting it down in the diary or texting a friend or putting it in your notes. Mm. If this week I do X, Y, and Z, it's a good week. Mm -hmm. Even if there's a lot of shit along the way, these are the things that would make me feel it was good. But just being a little more proactive about it rather than, you know, not and and seeing where you are. But yeah, you could have had something happen two minutes before you've seen someone that's ruined their week. Yeah. But actually the perspective has gone. Exactly, perspective, yeah. Um, do you find that you know we talk a lot and I guess with your clients they talk a lot everyone you know I'm not going to go into that but do you feel there's uh, in the time you've been doing it do you feel you're doing that more do you feel you know because so, just with the pressures of, of of life at the moment but just you know ongoing there's always there's always pressures you know but yeah. especially this year and how difficult this year has been um and certainly there's a lot of, which we'll kind of come on to in a minute, there's a lot of uh, content out there about um, dealing with emotions, mm-hmm. talking about your emotions, even understanding your, your emotions, because that's kind of probably the, for me, the most important thing. You can talk about stuff, but unless you actually know what you're feeling yeah. or can identify what they are, yeah, you know, you can't even start. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just, just in terms of, you know, what you're finding now, a bit of a, a, a gauge, I think, in terms of what people are feeling. You do feel, I think I would probably, is it fair to say that most of your clients are feeling something? Yeah. There's Just been, like everybody is. Yeah. There's been a massive upturn in terms, we discussed this, I think, the week before last, in, in terms of, I think it's around uncertainty. I think it's around, when we were talking about, um, you were talking last time on imposter syndrome and you mentioned about um, someone from another agency that you looked mm-hmm. up to mm-hmm. when I worked in probation I used to have a manager and I I didn't I don't think I rated him and I'd said to someone once I want the person that manages me to be cleverer than me smarter than me mm-hmm. I don't want to be yep. I want them to tell me what to do and point the way forward and I think 
the point I was going to make is that if that person who is managing you is looking after you, you don't have that um, sense of belief in. Mm-hmm. Taking your point, just talking to them, you're thinking, actually, I could come up with better solutions. Yeah. I think what's happening with my clients now, because of this uncertainty, is that if you're able to talk in a protected and safe environment, mm. then that there's some value to that. Talk for talk's sake probably isn't valuable. Yeah. Um, And the interesting thing, without going into more great detail, one of the things that I found is that I'm quite often saying to clients, it's okay that you didn't touch your weight today because what we've discussed is far more beneficial than you burning a few calories and lifting a weight. And I think there's a big acceptance now that sometimes people are coming to a session to go, I need a reset, I need motivation, I need some clarity about what I can and can't do. Mm And I think a personal training environment is good for that because yeah. you have to have some element of degree of trust that the person you're speaking to is firstly going to hold every confidence. And I think this is why you and I are rarely referring to anyone by name. You mm. know, we're, we're just sort of almost talking in. Mm. You hear some podcasts where they go, oh, so-and-so said this, so-and-so said that. And I think it's there's no need to give it's a name. It's not relevant, is no. it? No. So I think, yeah, in answer to your question, yeah, a lot more talking, a lot more communication in terms of making people feel that they're not alone, mm. that they're not the only ones feeling this. And also sometimes clarifying one or two things. Like I said to you just recently around the latest announcement, announcements around COVID was people's first thing was, oh my God, we're going through all this. And then you look at what happens and nothing, I don't mean nothing has changed, hardly anything has changed. Yeah. The bit about the, house, the houses yeah. and the, you know, the groups of six, but... Nothing else really has. No. Yeah, we're going to play football on a Monday night. You can go into a gym with 30 people. Nothing. Yeah, nothing yeah. But the whole feeling has been, oh, shit, we're yeah. in another level now. It's, yeah. it's gone up a level. But it hasn't it's really. It's isn't it? How I felt that and known for a while that, you know, it, it didn't initially feel like it. You just read mm. a headline, you think it's a lot worse. We go back into, like, you know, it yeah. feels like a full yeah. lockdown. I think, you know, I think we're also quite close to... Everything's just under the surface, isn't it? It's not going to take much just to mm. bring all that anxiety yeah. back. It feels like yeah. we've just hasn't none of it's gone away. The uncertainty hasn't gone away. We've just parked it. Mm. It's very present, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, for everybody. And it's interesting. I, I I heard when Johnson. I'm not going to call him Boris. That's why isn't too familiar. It it worries me. What calling him? Calling Boris. So name another. British Prime Minister that has been known by their first name. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's one. Maggie. Hmm. Yeah. So... Is that your... My point is, Cameron was Cameron. Theresa May was May. (laughs) Amongst other words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boris, firstly, because you could say it's... I don't mean it's a funny name, but it has a jokey element to it. Yeah. So... What I think has happened is by the fact that we call him Boris, we, as in the general population, allow him to get away with stuff. You think? Yeah, because there's a familiarity around him. If you think what he's done... We didn't, if, we didn't call Thatcher Maggie because I wouldn't say... For, I would argue for not for the same reasons. That was more of a, a kind of an endearing kind of nickname for someone who was hard as nails. <laughs> She was, but if you compare... So it was, it was more of a playful playful nickname. For it someone. may be ironic with Thatcher. <laughs> yeah. But the point I'm making 
everyone refers to him Boris, and there's some is brilliant it, marking. Is, is, that's is, is that on. just a big? Is that uh, a lack of respect, an open and you know, but confident show of lack of, of respect for someone? But I was down because I wouldn't call it if he turned up here. I wouldn't go all right, Boris. I'd think I'd have a little bit more. But respect he's referred than that. to constantly by by the media as oh, Boris. Boris. It's it's it just strikes me as strange. You don't call Trump Donald. No one calls him Donald. It's part of the ever. brand, then. You know, that so the brand has been created for yeah. us, and we've got bought he's into helped, it. Yeah, but he's also helped create that. Yeah, Boris the buffoon. Yeah, but we got a situation where um, I was at the track, and there was someone there who's done some work for a Labour MP, and he was. We were talking about politics, and he said we're going to find it really hard to overturn eighty seat majority, whatever it is, the Conservatives. Mm-hmm. And I laughed, and he said, "Why are you laughing?" And I'm saying. You've got someone who is who is every single thing they could have got wrong, they've got wrong. Mm. It's fucked up Brexit, fucked up COVID, got Cummins as your advisor, a whole number of other things that you've done wrong, and you're saying as a as a the opposition party that you're going to struggle to beat this person. And now we're breaking international law and saying in the House of Commons we're breaking international law. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know. That's why he's called Boris, and that's why he's still in power. To me, it's just, I find it very strange. And I'm not doing this from a political standpoint. I just think it's strange that he's mm. called Boris. Full stop. <laughs> okay. That's it. <laughs> How do I get this back onto mindfulness? Is what I'm, trying to, I'm trying to lead us to, to mindfulness. But I guess um, where I was going was asking you whether, I guess, your your clients, friends, I guess, are finding the need to talk about things more. I don't necessarily want to get into... Uh, men and women because we've already kind of talked about imposter syndrome is that just everybody you know yeah. I don't really want I don't think it's really about gender in so much no but, no no um, but I think there's a need I want to kind of talk a little bit about gender in a minute um, to do with talking mm-hmm. and being I guess uh, open with your emotions or even talking about your emotions yeah you kind of touched on it already but um, I get, one, before I get to that I wanted to talk to you about how where do you think you're kind of as a PT role is going, is it you're going to find yourself doing less lifting and more talking? Or is there a... I think where I was also going to go is that that hour or two hours a week, whatever it is, is setting aside, which I found really important for me, is setting aside that time for me. Mm-hmm. Like football used to be on a, mon- a Monday night. Yeah. That hour would be my only hour in the week where I was doing arguably something for me and, and my health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Didn't think about it too much at the time, but now retrospectively, I go, that probably explains why I used to get wound up when it, you know, yeah, yeah. thinking much of the ball or it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be because yeah. that was my that was my time. Yeah. Now I'm because it, doing this, I have more of control over that and value that a lot more, and I am making time for myself. I'm not. I don't think I've ever been good at mindfulness, but imagine it's 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 a type of. I'm mindful of that, mm. so I imagine I'm, I'm kind of sweeping that into mindfulness, but. I'm very conscious now that I'm setting that time aside for myself. Yeah. Whether I turn up and we chat, or I turn up and we chat and we work out, or we turn and just, or we just lift, or whatever it is. Mm. Um, obviously, what we do and the results of that are a, a good and they're a benefit and they're not a bonus. Yeah. That's what I'm going there for. But I don't ever come away having just talked to you sometimes mm-hmm. and gone, well, that wasn't worth it. Yeah. I mean, I think if we were talking and it wasn't leading anywhere, then one one or other of us would go. Yeah. Time to lift weights. Mm. I think because I, I don't turn up knowing that oh, I don't want to let Mark down. There's an element of having a having a trainer, someone you work with. Mm-hmm. So you do, that's you know, 
if I was just going to set aside an hour or two hours of my own time just doing stuff on the on the, mm-hmm. the back garden, I'm more likely to bin that off. Yeah. yeah. So there is an element of I don't want to let you, you know, you're expecting me, you're standing there, you're waiting for me, so I'm going to turn up. There's a little bit of that, but I actually find it, no, I'm going to, you know, I guess I'm, you know, I'm taking that time for me, no matter mm-hmm. what we do. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it comes back to two things. One, just slight angle of what you said, or slight tangent, is that, I've long been an advocate that my role is to evoke consistency, not to motivate you. And I've had some discussions with PT, some agree, some disagree. Your motivation should be that you want to be healthy, that you want to live longer, that you don't want to be in pain. Mm -hmm. If you need someone to tell you all that, well, you shouldn't. (laughs) You're an intelligent person. What you need in terms of support with quite often will be the consistency to achieve that. So the turning up is the consistency. I don't, you've, you've turned up and I don't have to motivate you. It doesn't matter whether you, you don't have to enjoy the session. Mm. You have to get something from it, yeah. but you could be lifting and hating it, but you're still lifting and you're still moving. And I think for me, a client said to me last year, this is my most important hour of the, of the week. And that, I mean, that was like a bombshell to me in terms of then I have to input into that hour something that meets that person's mm-hmm. importance that they've attached to it. Yeah. And I think what is happening now is if that is an hour of talking, that's the most important thing. And I think you get a natural, as soon as the person comes through the door, you sort of know where you're going to hit it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think it's a privilege to be able to be in that position to, to help people's mental health as much as their mm-hmm. physical. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... Because I guess you know the, what I want to come on to is the talking about how you're feeling, which is kind of broadly what this thing is about. Um, and there's generally a, a stereotype around men not talking about their feelings. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably thinking about that a lot more, having spent quite a few years talking about my feelings where I wouldn't have normally done so. Um, and particularly when we, you know, we do that, mm-hmm. and I get a lot out of that. Um, I think quite often that, that that if there's a discussion or people need help, I think it's more around that what I find with guys is that quite often the sort of deep and meaningful bit will be there'll be a subcontext of either a joke or some sexual reference or something to almost go to take the edge off it. Sorry, is it yeah, to take the edge yeah. off it. I want it? to tell you about this because this is really important and I'd I'd like I'd really treasure your advice on this. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you know, she's got big boobs, but you know, yeah. that isn't important. Yeah. And it's that bit around almost not communicating in a way that, that is like letting to. go. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there is a difference. I think guys just have that. And I, th- I think that's that whole stereotype of being, I don't know, seen as somehow. I still think it's either been like, you're less manly or you're less whatever. I still think that exists. You think so? Yeah. There's a big thing now. It has been for a while, but even now it feels more topical and and poignant than ever. Is that guys don't talk and they need to talk and people need to talk, and I'm kind of broadly okay with that. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things. I don't think it's always good to talk. No, I just don't. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, but when you do, and this is the I haven't really seen anyone talking about this, is the person you're talking to, mm-hmm. because. That person, you know, you know, we talk to people that, that 
are, are certified to <laughs> or have been trained in, in that, you know, in mm-hmm. that area. But everyone else isn't. Mm-hmm. You're not trained no. officially to, you know, to help someone like me talk to you about no. you know, how I'm feeling or um, why I did or didn't want to turn, turn up yeah. to that session. Um, not everyone's equipped with it. And that's okay as well, you know. And, and so, some, people, some people have it thrust upon them. You know, they might be down the pub thinking they're going to chat about, you know, booze and football. And then the next minute they're talking about, you know, something more deep. You know, and that person might, one, might not want to listen to it. Yeah. Two, wants to, but just feels massively uncomfortable. They don't, you know, because it's, un, it's unusual and out of place. Mm-hmm. Three, you know, don't know what to do with it and they've got it. Mm-hmm. Feel they have to, do I fix this? Do I have to, do I get involved? Do I stand back? Do I, I don't want to upset this person. They're obviously at a heightened point of, mm-hmm. you know, their emotions and I don't want to, yeah, put my fingers in my ears and go la 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 la. But I think we also put you know quite a bit of emphasis on other people to to take that and listen and deal with it. And I, think, you, I think that's a big ask for any. But you don't is, go. I'm, I'm, you don't tee anyone up going. I'm about to talk to you about my deepest and darkest. Are you ready? But you intrinsically know, based on trust and other factors, who you can tell what. We we had yeah, a discussion you, 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 the other day about a couple of mutual friends and saying, and the first time we probably had this discussion that that we felt that they had a depth that wasn't necessarily obvious. Mm. And I think, mm-hmm. in retrospect, if I wanted to share, you know, my innermost secrets, I would trust both of those people. Mm-hmm. But the persona they give sure. doesn't do that, and it's only through time. The other interesting thing I thought, and you said this off air. Oh, fair, listen to me. <laughs> In the green room. So, um, no, you said this to me recently. Our first podcast was the first time we had sat down yep. facing each other and had a conversation. Ever. Mm-hmm. And that, this is the sixth time. This is the sixth time. <laughs> but that's quite, I don't know. We obviously had conversations. I didn't realise it until after we'd done it. No. And so we have shared stuff, but mm. a lot of it has been in a very cold garage, standing, <laughs> standing up with up. my dodgy rave music yeah, in the background. With me waving my arms around. Yeah. As <laughs> a warm-up. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that's interesting in terms of, yeah, I mean, obviously... I think it's, it's a big ask, isn't it, to, you know, even though you think someone's deep, doesn't mean they, one, they want to hear what you've got to say. True. And I think it's, you know, so I think it's a real, I don't know how you, I haven't got any answers to how you approach, how you approach that it's one thing to understand what you're feeling and it's another thing to vocalize that mm-hmm. and then it's another thing again to understand who's receiving that yeah i think it's a really big ask and i don't i haven't really kind of found anything or anyone talking about it maybe i just have to dig a bit further but no i think you're it, right you know it doesn't matter whether you've known you know someone all your life or whether they're family friends or you know some people just aren't equipped mm. or they have too much of their own stuff their cup is full yeah I haven't got room for your stuff. So, I can, I can you know, think, it, it's, uh, and, yeah. and every, and like everything else, there's every combination thereof. Hmm. And I can think of a friend, just as we're having this discussion, who I've known for decades, who probably knows 5% of what's happening in my life. Hmm. But there's other people that know, you know, 95%. Yeah. And it's just, there wouldn't be anything from, for me to be gained in sharing with him, hmm. although I value his friendship and I think he's a great guy. It's just... yeah. It wouldn't be appropriate. Or more importantly, I think the bit you're saying now, and I think this is the key bit, the reaction that I get wouldn't aid me. 
So if he goes, okay, now I've heard that, I understand, I get you. Mm-hmm. Number one, I don't think he would. But number two, him saying that wouldn't make me go, oh, thank God, now I've shared that and he understands. Yeah. Whereas it could be someone who I, I know far less. Yeah, maybe this is an example, first time we've sat down and, and had this discussion. And I feel that there would be either empathy and understanding or maybe some words that would take me forward or make it easier to cope mm. with certain situations. So I think I think you sort of choose... You can know pretty quickly yeah. what's going to work. Just reminded me of what we talked about in the last episode about, you know, set, setting your bar and trying to... about how you feel and what you know, what good looks like. You know, you don't ever go into those conversations with a little note going, this is what I want to get out of yeah. it. Five things I want to get out of this yeah. conversation. Yeah. And, you know, you never think about just keeping the friendship would be tough mm-hmm. of... Yeah. Um, not, but I, th- I don't necessarily over. have, you know, I guess from my experience, I think it, it's easy to go, it's okay, you know, whatever is okay. I mean, broadly it is. But I think, again, you can read so much, there's so many people talking about how you should do things. Mm-hmm. You know, but you just have to maybe work it out for yourself. It's not always going to go well. Even if you think that, you know, a person is going to have it, take take what you're saying in the, in the, in the best way and be gentle with it. Mm-hmm. May not. And you just might just have to find out the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, it might be the best thing you ever did. It might be, you know, the worst thing you ever did. Or it might just be something you don't ever do again. But I think that's all right. Hmm. You know, some people like to, to tell 100 people. Some people like to tell one. Some people don't like to tell anyone. Or some people don't actually know, don't quite have it together to understand in the first place what they're, hmm. you know, it might be, they might be halfway through working out what it is. Yeah. So why give your workings to someone? That's even worse than going, this is how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than giving someone a, an itinerary of here's ten this, options. This like, is how far I've yeah, got. these are ten things I could be feeling. You know, and just. Um, I uh, think I think the interesting thing we mentioned in the last one, and I, we definitely will touch this on the should. Um, I did have a client come to me, and she don't know who she is from this, but she'll be fine with this. And someone had said because of something that happened in her life, they said, "Well, they used a shouldn't, but shouldn't <laughs> is a should." Yeah. It is. Um, you shouldn't be doing this and she chose to do it and it was the wrong advice Mm. but for me it's that bit about what you've just said which I think is key it's good to talk but it's not good to talk just for the sake of it and not to the wrong person and not Mm. just to Mm. somehow imagine that if you've said something then you've you've you're better yeah absolutely yeah the release it's like and without trying to go too deep on this one with my dad having died recently my uh, my view of my dad's death was that number one life is finite mm. we're all going to die at some stage so if you were doing and I don't want this to sound flippant it's not if you were to do the plan you know the five things if I'm going to live what would be my five targets yeah. and if the target was you know to, to have in effect, a happy life, to be able to achieve things in work or play that gave me pleasure. Mm. You know, if you wanted to start a family, if you want to start a relationship, you know, have all those boxes ticked. Mm. And then if, if the final bit was that, you know, my death was not prolonged and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, painful, then my father met all those criteria. So I don't actually have any sadness at his death because... This is the thing. Everything has to end. Mm. I'm sorry that he won't be in my life and I'm sorry that I won't be able to speak to him. But he's met all those criteria. And so, but a lot of people are going to me, 
it'll hit you soon. And if you want to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it. Mm. I'm, I'm yeah. happy that he had a fantastic life. I've been reading his obituaries. I've had people ringing me up going, mm. you yeah, know, he was a great guy, had a great life. And I'm going, good. Mm. Mm. And I don't want to be flippant. It's not like I'm glad my dad's died. But I'm not sad he's died because mm-hmm. he was always yeah. going to die. Yeah. And so I think it's that bit. I, I don't want to talk. I don't need, you know, yeah. I don't need to say anything. Mm. Um, so I think talking day. for its own sake can yeah. be, <laughs> says us on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, I, I found something um, still in the, in the same ballpark, but six steps to mindfully deal with difficult emotions. Okay. I'm not going to try to, it feels like I'm trying to crow, crowbar this in, but this is from the Gottman Institute, which I thought was interesting. It got me thinking about this and talking and more to the point. I mean, there's a lot, like we've said before, almost everything we talk about has another 10 tangents, doesn't mm. it? But I don't want to cram it all in, but um, another listicle as well, um, which is okay. So the first one was um, turn towards your emotions with acceptance. Acceptance we've touched on briefly, mm-hmm. that's a really mm. big thing. So becoming aware of the emotion and identify where you see it in your body. That was a good one. And the second one was identify and label the emotion. So just stay mindful, say to yourself, this is anger or this is anxiety which is good to recognize mm-hmm. that most of this kind of uh, self-exploration bit is 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 identifying things, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm. You know, um, we all have different definitions of, yeah. of, of things. So I guess that labeling is labeling how you want to label it, mm-hmm. which I quite like. Uh, third one is accept your emotions. Don't deny the emotion. Acknowledge and accept that it's there. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of the one you touched on the other day about how stress is actually quite important. Yeah. Um, this is, this although is, that's not an, an emo- well, it can be an emotion yeah, to a certain degree, but um, you know, sadness is you know, it's okay to be sad, it's okay to be down, yeah. it's okay to be manic, it's okay, all other things, just understanding it, and I guess trying not to fall into the trap of thinking you shouldn't or you should. Yeah. <laughs> Back yeah. to that, feel yeah. feel those things. You're feeling it for a reason. You feel fear for a reason. You feel. Yeah. Um, anger for a reason all those the, just interrupting on that one the interesting thing that I find because alongside the, the, the yoga I'm doing a lot of meditation and I went I didn't go through a course I went through a sort of an app of 30 days so I had a little bit more understanding rather than just listening to a 10 minute and one of those things around meditation was allowing so if you are there meditating and you suddenly have a disturbance like it's just to allow that to come in and then allow mm-hmm. that to go out rather yeah. than going shit I can't meditate it. now because you know, the cat's broken a vase or something. It's just that acceptance of that and then just letting that flow through mm. rather than getting in anger or whatever. Yeah. And I think that's what that is, isn't it? About mm. recognising the emotion rather than trying to yeah. to fight it or let yeah, it disturb it. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four, realise the impermanence of your emotions. Touch on the wabi-sabi. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if the emotion feels overwhelming, remember that it will pass. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, Five, inquire and investigate. Ask yourself, what triggered me? Why do I feel this way? Don't know. You probably get into the overthink then, potentially. Mm. But mm. Um, I think I think we all do that. What the why? Why, why am I feeling yeah. like that? What's made me feel like that? Yeah. Sometimes there's no rhyme or reason as to what it is. Um, and the last one is let go of the need to control your emotions, which kind of almost sums up the whole the whole mm-hmm. of them really. So be open to the outcome of your emotions and what and uh, what unfolds. Yeah again back to the acceptance of it accepting it identifying accepting it and just riding it out you've mm-hmm. kind of talked about that and i think uh 
I have often turned up and go, yeah, I feel like this, but it it's, it won't last. <laughs> it, yeah. can't, it can't last. Yeah. Well, I hope it doesn't last. There's always that fear this might be it for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. again, but, Everything's um, cyclical, isn't it? Yeah. Everything. I think the interesting, when you just mentioned stress there, one of the things, which is one of my mantras, and again, this is probably mostly true, but I sort of make it true in, when I'm doing it, but just sort of... Um, What's the word? Sort of just cutting the sort of full scientific thing, but briefly, the body's reaction to mental and physical stress is pretty much the same. And if you think about it, you know the whole thing around, you know, so if you're being chased by a bear, mm-hmm. or you're under mental stress because of whatever is causing you mental stress, yeah, you will have things like sweaty palms. You will have things like. Mm. a higher heart rate, mm. you will have your, ha- your hair standing on end yeah. because of adrenaline being released and cortisol being released. So the same reaction, and this is, again, it's sort of almost oversimplification, but the body doesn't... This, this is an interesting thing. A nutritionist once said to me when I got a bit mouthy and I was wrong and she was right, <laughs> she once said to me, um, the body doesn't really know the difference massively between a sugar lump and honey because I was going to, I was saying yeah but one's refined and it's had all this done to it and she went but they are sugars yeah, yeah okay there is a bit of difference and I went well honey's good for you and she went <laughs> yeah if you ate half a jar you get a bit of zinc but you know and it's this sort of going back to our clean food dirty food yeah it's it's basically honey is basically sugar as is a sugar lump yeah. as is a grape yeah, yeah. And I think it's the, that. The, the associations with those things. Yeah. The judgment, all the baggage that come along with... It's in your what's mind. ...what's good, what's bad. But your body's going, okay, it might be slightly different, but it's sugar. Yeah. And I'll process it as yeah. a sugar. And it will benefit me or not mm. as a sugar. We talked about that very early on in terms of feeling melancholy or feeling low. Mm-hmm. And there's the... You know, until you kind of go through all this stuff, there's the element of you try and, you try and rectify that. Yeah, it, you're kind of brought up knowing that if you're feeling a bit low, you got to do something to fix it. Mm-hmm. Let's go out and have a few beers and mm-hmm. fix that. Pro- you know, instead of accepting, um, why don't you do something you like doing? It's like yeah. it's not always that that easy, but it's always rather. Than, <laughs> it would have been weird, and I guess it, it feels less protective or caring about someone if you go just sit over there and ride it out. This one's going to hurt. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. You're feeling pain. Yeah, just just go and think of sit in the corner and think about that. But actually, that. It sounds very uncaring, but actually that is kind of what we have, mm. I guess, isn't it? There's, there's often things you just can't do. You know, yeah. I can't go and play my drums or listen to music sometimes that won't do. And No, no, because the know, pain is yeah, it's the overriding it, it, emotion. But it's, it's there for a reason, isn't it? It's yeah. either telling you something yeah. or um, making yeah, I don't, you aware. Yeah, I think that acceptance, I think that's key. It was interesting you said, um, God, this is going to sound so pretentious. The other day when we were talking about Chaucer. <laughs> <laughs> and the wife of Bath. And the wife of Bath. Yeah. But I, I love. Firstly, I love the word melancholy. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that Chaucerian? I think it's very well. Melancholia was around. Um, they saw it as an active thing, like um, almost like a chemical in your body. Well, I like think, a, okay. The melancholy was. Did they try and try, try and cure it? Did they or something with it? I think it was like. Is uh, it an illness? We'll look it up very subtly in a minute before <laughs> yeah. I have to do another. Uh, carry on. <laughs> I might have a sound effect. Yeah, that. Go. So yeah, but it's. I think melancholy was seen as a thing that basically your body was filled with melancholy right and i think that's why it's such a great word that it's it is that idea that it's almost you know something coursing through your veins okay whereas i think what happens in this day and age is we see it as something that's stuck in my brain 
Whereas I think if I'm in a melancholy thing, it, it takes over my whole body. Right. It's very, it's, it's getting your point. If you're in a melancholic mood and someone goes, sprinting makes you happy. Mm. Well, I ain't going to go sprinting mm. because I'm in a melancholic <laughs> mood. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It isn't that there's a quick fix. It's, it's. Yeah, I've gone to football in a bad mood. Yeah. And been in a bad mood from the beginning to the end and come away actually even worse. Yeah. Because it, you know. Isn't that simplistic, is it? No, probably because I've been going, this is meant to be making me feel better, yeah. and it's not, and it's making me even worse, because yeah. it's not. So have um, you done the search? Yeah, but it's kind of come up with, you know, just what it means, a feeling of pensive sadness, typical, uh, typically with no obvious cause, but I haven't got anything about... I've got the word hubris coming in my mind, and I don't know whether I'm just being... Um, Can I have a quick Wikipedia? Yes. So melancholia is a concept from ancient or pre-modern medicine, as one of the four temperaments matching the four humours. In the 19th century, it could be physical as well as mental, and melancholic conditions were classified as such by their common cause rather than by their properties. It is the predecessor of the mental health diagnosis of clinical depression mm. and still exists as a subtype for major depression known as melancholic depression. Okay. So, right. But interesting, that line, it could be physical as well as mental. Mm -hmm. So I think right. we've obviously not far off being doctors so far in what we've been able <laughs> Actually, to impart. We haven't, we haven't put the disclaimer out, have yeah. we? But I think the very first one in that list was um, become aware of the emotion and identify where you sense it in your body. Mm. So this is not yeah. about your yeah. your head. No. You know, it can feel, you know, it can manifest in physical fatigue, yeah. can't it? Well, it can be heartache, can't it? Yeah. And you feel heartache, can you? Yeah. Other places. Yeah. What grinds your gears? So... Because of the mindfulness I've been doing... Nice link. I have changed massively. Um, someone the other day said, you're not judgmental, and I thought, shit, a year ago, no one would have said that. No one would have dared would have said that because it would have been too ironic. So I took that as a compliment. Um, yeah, the mindfulness has changed. I'm way more calm. I'm way more... Um, less... So my gears get ground less. Right. And if I do, I'm able to, to dismiss the feeling. So mm -hmm. God, I'm you're, saying, you're saying this is helping your running as well. Kind of we're talking about that level of calm before a race and things. You're saying you would, you're generally your whole demeanor has been a lot calmer. So Yeah. And yeah. you have, you shout at me a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> that was a you know, the, the drop and give me 20 isn't something you say. No. <laughs> If you fancy doing something, do it. But, you know, I'm not going to push yeah. you. Yeah, are you here? What do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> Help yourself, I'm going to have a coffee. A passive PT. <laughs> yeah. It's your hour. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you later. I'm not here to dictate. Tipping points on, I'm off. <laughs> yeah, more innuendos from Ben. Um, Sorry, I so, derailed you. You're, yeah, you're well, you, you said what they were. So, I, yeah, the top one has to be people that say assume instead of assume. 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 Now you've listened to it, you'll hear it. Right. A lot of people say assume. Okay, I really wasn't expecting that. No, that's about it. I thought it was going to be the state of the roads or, you know, no. masks in no, the supermarkets. No, just big things like that. Uh, okay. That's it. We haven't talked it's about that. Like, that I say podcast and you say podcast. That's just regional dialect. So is it though? I didn't think... People in Bristol, that's people in Bath, Bath. say oh. say podcast. I wouldn't have said a true Bristolian would have. Would have there's there's probably a name for that, isn't there? How you pronounce things? A podcast is a southern K 
cast is northern, surely. I don't know. I don't know. I, I probably hear a mix down here, but... Hmm. Um, okay, well, what's uh, your list? My list uh, is one. My list of one <laughs> is um, being late. Oh, yeah, I've got a list of two, actually. In terms of... <laughs> <laughs> um, I never liked being late. Uh, I used to have a mate. So I used to. Easy. We fell out with him. But um, for years and years and years... Was just late to every everywhere. Every time we went out, just at school, Cubs, Scouts, the whole you know, yeah. getting going yeah. out to the pub as you get older. It was always, always like to the point like an hour late. So we even got to the point where we we'd tell him that you needed to be there an hour earlier than he should have been, and he was still late. <laughs> to the point that you know you ring. We're just we're going now. Where are you? I'm just back to get in the shower. Yeah. No. Totally unacceptable. <laughs> um, My attitude, say towards risk which will come out in future podcasts when we talk about risk, <laughs> crashing on a bike at the Mons track and things like that. My attitude to, to risk is less now, but in my past life I've, I've sought risk, sought to put myself in risky situations. And quite often with time, whether because I used to be a bid writer, quite often I'd be writing the bid five minutes before it had to be sent. Or, yeah. and, so, and I did the same socially as well it would be right i can get to this place in 14 minutes mm -hmm. but if the traffic lights are all on red i'll be late but it's like no i'll be fine and a really close friend said to me similar to what you'd said about a couple of years ago in terms of it's just that lack of respect and when they put it like that mm -hmm. if someone is sitting waiting for you for three five seven minutes and they can't do anything else yeah you've taken that time away from them yeah because of your inefficiency. Yeah. And I've really tried after that. I felt guilty today because I gave you a time when I was going to be here. I didn't want to bring it up. No. <laughs> and then they put the races back an hour. Um, right. Just because they'd messed up. They'd missed half the competitors off. So they had to double the races and then we couldn't. Because obviously... They have no idea the damage it's caused. No. <laughs> but I did feel guilty. And, but I didn't want... To, I actually didn't want to give an excuse and say, I'm late because of this, this and this. Mm -hmm. um, but I take your point. It's when people are late just because they can't be asked. Yeah. We had hydration to talk about. Mm. Trying to cram it all in. Where are we with time? No idea. As per usual. I was going to tell you a story. Should we do that? Is it about drinking water? No. No, it's very similar. So it's totally linked to hydration. Let's do it. Okay, so will this link, your no, story link mindfulness I'd, I'd, water? I'll do one little link for mindfulness, and I'm going to get this word wrong. So again, I'll apologise for this at the next podcast. So one of the things that I'm finding on mindfulness and, and doing meditation is when they first go through all the different elements of it, there's an element of, um, yeah, forgive me, this is wrong, but it's something like, your base something so basically it's it's grabbing a little something that that almost grounds you i'm explaining this poorly but you'll get it when it gets mm -hmm. to it well, so it can be so that when you're getting into a meditative state there will be something that you can focus on that's what it is and so sometimes one of the things that i find really interesting in in meditating is it might be your hands are resting on your um your palms are resting on your, your your thighs and it's just that actual concentration on what it feels like on the palms of your hands you don't actually think of that you just go through yeah. your life you don't think how do my toes feel at this minute so it just focuses your yeah. mind on that yeah. and one of the things that a lot of people focus on is breathing 
which is the obvious one to sort of calm yourself down. And the one specific thing, again, this isn't, um, plenty of people use this, so it isn't just me coming up with something clever, is that when you breathe, again, a bit like the 52 weeks, we're told we breathe in and we breathe out. So, but there's a bit in between. So when you breathe in and breathe out, there's a bit where you're not you're doing. There's either. a bit where nothing happens, mm-hmm. and that is my. That's where I'm grounded. That's where I'm based, and that's where I can focus when I'm meditating. Oh, yeah. You're doing it. And everyone's doing it. I'm now. doing it as you're saying it, and it just stops. It's holding your breath. It feels like it's holding mm-hmm. your breath, but you're not. It, it isn't. It's almost you think your breath goes in, out, in, out. It doesn't. It goes. There's a stop between the two. Yeah. It's almost like a total sense of calm. Nothing happens. Mm. And then you Do you take, worry that you you'll forget? You'll be so lost. <laughs> you'll be, yeah. forget to do it and, and just collapse. And die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that little spot for me, if I am, that's quite good. I might try because I do like the breathing ones. Yeah, but that that is even more focused. So if I'm in a position where I'm thinking, right, I'm about to explode. I'm about to do that. Mm. So it isn't taking a deep breath. It's taking a normal breath and capturing that tiny bit between the two. Mm. Anyway. I like it. So no, Good the story, story the story had no relation to anything. The, the story was purely that I think we've been a bit anecdote light, and I was just going to tell you an absolutely random story of Great. my youth. So I alluded to a Le Mans. Um, so my stag night was in Le Mans. I'm not a fan of um, motor racing. Why was it there? Why, was Why did you go to Le Mans? Because the people organising my stag night told me that's where I was going. <laughs> but there's no... Sorry. I hate motor racing. I, mean, I guess there's other things there, right, rather than a racetrack, but I don't really know. Normally, if you go in there, you go in there to, unless you live there, but you go in there because of the racetrack. But yeah, I mean, it's a bit of an event, so when you get there, there's a big campsite. So Le Mans itself is... So was Le Mans on at the time? Oh, yeah, we went for the race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we went to a small French town for a week. <laughs> yeah, we hang out at the Café Tabac. Because I know, I know the fucking story, so I, I, you've told it me. I don't even know why I'm, why I'm acting like I've never heard yeah. it before. No, I went, we went for the motor racing. It was fortunate. It wasn't planned. It just happened to be on the week we went. We'd gone for a tour of provincial French towns. <laughs> Le Mans, Tour, and um, Calais. Those were the, 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 the triumvirate of French towns that we You're taking to a piss now, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so we're at Le Mans, and I say my best friend, at the time, it's a bit like your sort of late friend. His breast, he's he w- not dead. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You're being late friend. Oh, sorry, right. <laughs> it might be. I haven't heard from your him. Your late friend, He might well be. Yeah. And he certainly okay. won't be listening. I hope he isn't. No, I hope he isn't. Yeah. Because despite being late, he's still... Feels, you don't yeah. wish ill on him, do he'd you? Be, he'd be late to his own funeral, I'll tell yeah. you that. <laughs> so, um, I was a motorbike dispatch rider. And... When I'd got the job, I didn't have a motorbike, and I got the job and I started the following day, so that was a tough call. Um, so I bought a motorbike, did the dispatch riding, then went on to another job selling burgers, I think, so I didn't need the motorbike. And um, my friend decided to go around Europe, said, can I have your bike? So I said, fine. So he went around Europe on my bike and then met us at Le Mans, which was quite, I think that's quite romantic. He's mm. toured Europe. We mm. haven't seen each other for months. We meet up at Le Mans. Big hug. Could then. Eh? You could then. You could then, yeah. <laughs> um, we probably talked about deep and meaningful things. And, oh, right. Yeah. And he said to me, well, this is what I heard. I heard, 
Do you fancy nipping down to the campsite shop to get a few beers? That's what I heard. Yeah. So I said, yeah. What he actually said, and I don't know why there was such confusion. He said, do you fancy going round the Le Mans, round the Le Mans circuit on the back of your bike? It's pretty similar, isn't it? Somewhere it got lost in translation, perhaps. Being in Europe for three months, he had a sort of European <laughs> twang. It's <laughs> like Spanish lilt that put yeah, me yeah, off. Yeah. So either way, I got on had the back of the bike. you had a couple of beers at this point? Or Sorry? Not? Have you had any... I'd, I'd literally just met him. I didn't know whether huh? he. This, we just met on the campsite. I don't know if he'd been drinking all day. Whether he'd if just you, driven then, in. You, yeah, I guess. Okay, just trying to yeah, paint the picture. I think so. I had. So anyway, got on the back of the bike, thinking this looks quite a major road to go to the campsite shop because basically the Le Mans track is the roads. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, that yeah. is the yeah through yeah. the forest. Um, so got on the back of the bike thought also if we're going to the campsite shop we don't need to be going at 50 slash 60 slash 70 miles an hour you realize this very quickly yeah, yeah. and i knew either the campsite shop was due to close <laughs> I <was getting> a <laughs> and i thought on. typical french fucking closing at four in the afternoon <laughs> stereotypical yeah. um but i thought obviously there's a reason for the rush and it was just that he wanted to show off. So we went around the Le Mans track. What he, kind of bike did he have? I mean, do you want it? Was it a... So this is a Honda CX500. And basically the reason he'd had it, it doesn't have a chain. It has, it's shaft driven. Oh. Um, it's a bit of a, a lump of a bike. It's not particularly yeah, sporty. Okay. It's, you know, a lot of dispatch riders had them because they didn't break down. Mm-hmm. So took a corner, totally lost it. To the extent that as we both fell off, we were talking to each other as we slid along the surface of the road. And it literally, I only had shorts on, by the way, and no crash helmet. And so you were talking and it happened so fast, you were still mid-conversation. We were sliding so far because it was on gravel. You weren't we going, were, oh, mate, you've just dropped, you know, I, I was this going, isn't going to end well. Yeah. Or were you just chatting about them? Is this the way to the shop? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mention we had to get off and walk the last bit. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, literally... We're just sliding across and absolutely just ate away at my legs, just ripped into them, absolutely just full of stones. Mm-hmm. And and I think it was just an interesting story in terms of, it might not have been an interesting story, <laughs> but I thought it was an interesting story in terms of... Um, so just, hold on, hold on. Did you, just, just before, I, I'm, you're halfway across, you're sliding across the yeah, road yeah. at this point. Yeah, did, so we did, you just, any, did you hit we, anything? We just go basically Onto into the grass verge, the grass verge into a little ditch, and I'm there going, you all right? Yeah, you all right? And the, and bike, just, the bike's gone, right? The, the bike's, bike's gone. Right. Um, <laughs> so that carried on. That got pretty badly smashed up. Um, and so, yeah, that was... That you, was. Did you do that, am I dead thing or not? You know, it it was that bit around, I've had a few bike accidents, but you are actually thinking... You know, okay. the next couple of seconds is going to, you know, you've got enough time to decide yeah, 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 the next, yeah. I suppose that's the mindfulness bit. You are actually <laughs> thinking. You were, you were present. Yeah. Yeah. And so I tried to, to find that little bit of breath to, <laughs> <laughs> to make the crash seem less. Yeah. But that was like hour one of my stag night. And um, so that was a bad way to start. That, that was a bad way to start. Way to start. But um, it was sore. Do you have any scars? Not really, it was more just everything had just sort of, it wasn't like cuts, it was just everything had been ripped by the gravel. So it's just like, Nasty. just the whole week then. We were living in a tent, mm. just living Gen- on beer. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> and of course, t- this is the typical lads thing, you're all right, you don't need any medical attention. No, of course you don't. 
because it's, it's drinking just, time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and they were literally taking stones out with tweezers, but it's you don't need a doctor sort of thing. No. So um, that was that. Oh. I just thought we'd have a little anecdote. Not as good as the McDonald's one, I don't think. <laughs> no, the Kellogg one. <laughs> the Kellogg one. That's right. It's okay. There didn't have to be all there. It was good. I liked it. I heard it before. I enjoyed it the second time. There was a, <laughs> there is a part two as well that the, the same guy that I was with stole a wheel from the um, Jaguar team. Did I tell you that? <laughs> no. He stole a wheel from one of the cars. We broke into it and he stole it and brought right. it back with us. And of course, when we came through customs, because we picked up some other people on the way back, so they were in the back of the van that we went in. So I had a smashed up bike, a racing wheel. explain and this Two lot. drunk guys. <laughs> so he got held in customs for quite a while. But yeah, he made it into a coffee tail table. He put um, That's quite nice, a circle of glass on top. Mm. So fair play. You can listen and or subscribe to us on the following apps. Uh, Anchor, Apple. You can leave us a review on Apple. You're an Apple man, aren't you? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Mm-hmm. If you left yourself a review <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, we're on Breaker, Deezer, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Podcast, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you can't find us on your preferred app, then just use the RSS link that's at the top of our show notes. Uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, well done again for this far, and thanks for listening. All links are in our show notes. And do give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook under the username at I'm Finecast. If you prefer longer copy, you can send us an email to imfinecast at gmail.com. Coming up in the next episode, we've got the second part of Be Careful What You Put In Your Mouth, <laughs> uh, where we're going to talk about uh, hydration. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Bye.